من نفس لا تشبع ومن دعاء لا يسمع Verily Allah who seek refuge with you from knowledge that has no benefit and from a heart that has no fear and from a soul that has no satisfaction nor contentment and from a dua that goes unanswered and from a dua that goes unanswered <coughs> To proceed Ikhwan فنرحب بكم جميعا في هذه الليلة المباركة الكريمة عونا من الرحمن الرحيم so we welcome each and every one of you in this series of classes in which we're seeking the help of Allah, the aid of Allah, the most merciful, the most compassionate. Mustafidina muta'allimina min ilmi al-fiqah. Min ilmi al-fiqah. As we continue to learn and seek knowledge collectively from the science of al-fiqh. Ma'a al-imam al-alama al-shaykh Mada Abdul Rahman ibn Nasir al-Sa'adi rahimahullahu ta'ala rahimahullahu ta'ala as we're benefiting from the words of the noble Imam al-Shaykh Abdul Rahman ibn Nasir al-Sa'adi may Allah have mercy upon him may Allah have mercy upon him Tayyip fi kitabihi Minhaj al-Salikin and we're reading from his book Minhaj the methodology of الذي يسلقوا هذا الطريق أي الطريق إلى الله the methodology of the traveler upon the path in which he's traveling to Allah سبحانه وتعالى فلعل آخر شيء استفدنا منه ماذا؟ دم مرة ثانية the blood of say one more time. Amma Daman Imam Ahmed. Ah, Taala. That Imam Ahmed mentions that the blood. فتعلمنا قول ابن تيمية رحمه الله تعالى ناقلا عن الإمام أحمد الإجماع والابن تيمية he mentions the consensus or he mentions that Imam Ahmed said it was a consensus that all of the blood is what's the ruling إخوان that all of the blood is impure وتعلمنا الاختلاف بين أهل العلم في هذه المسألة في هذه المسألة and we mention we mentioned the difference of opinion. Somebody opened the door there, Yaqwan. We mentioned the difference of opinion between the people of knowledge regarding hukmu adam, regarding the ruling on blood. The scholars of Al Islam from the past and the present, they are divided into two categories regarding blood. What's the first position from the people of knowledge regarding blood? Somebody hit the light for the sisters here, Khwah. Salam Aliki. How are you? Looks so pretty today. MashaAllah. May Allah bless you. Al-Qawl al-Awwal anna dam laysa bitahir. The first position is that blood is impure. That blood is impure. Wa-Qawl al-Thani, second opinion? It depends. It depends on matter. Uh, so it's not all blood. 
نعبلا فالمقصود هم هنا أن الدم الذي يخرج من سبيلين here the second position is the only blood that Allah is referring to is the or the Prophet of Allah is referring to is the blood that comes from the two private parts فالعلماء يختلفون وهذا كثير the scholars here they differ and you're going to find here إخوان oftentimes Sometimes the scholars may differ. The Imam he mentions We mentioned the first opinion. Imam Ahmed mentions that it is unanimous or the consensus that the scholars they mention that the blood is impure. وتعلمنا فائدة أيضا تتعلق بهذا القول. We learned another principle that's connected to this statement. If a scholar says something is بالإجماع with the consensus. If a scholar says that, what did we learn? It's agreed upon. إذا العالم أو الشيخ يقول هذا. If a scholar says it, does it mean? It could mean that. Ah. Hey, just because someone says something doesn't mean it's like that. كما قال الآن كما نتعلمه الآن just like we're learning now. ذكر ابن تيمير رحمه الله أن الإمام أحمد قال أن هذا الإجماع لكن العلماء يختلفون. فكيف يكون إجماع؟ ابن تيمير is mentioning according to Imam Ahmed that this is the consensus. You're not going to find no scholar who says other than that. But there are scholars that say other than that. Just because a sheikh, just because a sheikh, مثلاً, أنا أقول لكم سطل طيب لا بس أقول مثلاً كم من إجزام فيها خوا طيب قراءة سورة الفاتحة في صلاة جاهرية واجب وفيه الإجماع وأذكر من قال أن هذا الإجماع. I say for example reading الفاتحة for the man, the woman, the child, whoever is making the salah and the out loud prayer is obligatory. <coughs> and this is consensus. And then I say who said that is from consensus. Just because I'm saying that no scholar differs doesn't mean that the scholars do not differ. Just like we're learning now. Because reading Al-Fatiha in the out loud prayer, the scholars differ. So just because a shaykh or imam or alam or alama or al-hafidh yaqool kalimatan ma hadha laysa bisharq anna hadha al-qawl sahih. Just because a shaykh, an imam, an alama, a great hafidh says no scholar argues this, doesn't mean that no scholar argues it. Sometimes you're going to find other scholars argue it. I'll give another example. Mas'alatu sutra. We didn't get to salah yet. But taking the sutra. What's a sutra, ya ikhwan? Hey, placing something in front of you before you pray. Ana sawsalli al-an. I'm going to pray, inshallah. Fa ana ad'u hadihi tawilata amami. Suturatan. I place this table in front of me as a sutra. Ma hukmu hadha? What's the ruling of that? Recommend it, recommend it. Recommend it, sunnah. Tell the sheikh. Our sisters, what's the ruling? 
Mustahab. If you say Mustahab or Sunnah, that's the same. Same meaning. Every Sunnah is Mustahab. Mustahab means it's commanded or the action of the Prophet. Tayyip. You guys have a different opinion? Recommend it? You all agree? Our sister says wajib. Tayyip. Qawlan. And the kakaw. You got a position? Masnoon. Masnoon. Sunnah. Mustahab. Nafsul ma'ana. Same meaning. Different terminologies. Muturadifat. You can say sunnah. You can say nafila. You can say masnoon. You can say mustahab. All of them mean the same. Recommend it. Same. Obligatory. Now we have two positions. I'll say as you brother said. It's obligatory. And then I say, and it's a consensus. Just because I'm saying it's a consensus, doesn't mean it's a consensus. You still have to go check it. You still have to verify. Some scholars, they differ. As our beloved, she says, obligatory. And, and taking the sutta is obligatory. And that's the strongest opinion. But those that say it's obligatory are less in number than those that say it's recommended. Most scholars say it's recommended. Most scholars. From the past into today. But Islam is not based upon <coughs> numbers. Most scholars, the jamhur, what does Jamhur mean, Ikhwan? Majority. It's another meaning. We'll give you two. Jamhur means majority, and it can also mean our sisters. Jamhur. Not consensus. Majority. It can also mean the majority of the four Imams. Anytime you hear the word Jamhur, it can have two meanings. The generality or the majority of scholars, generally. It can also mean the majority of the four Imams. The four Imams, three of them have an opinion, one is by himself. So this is the Jamhur. Two say one thing, one is alone, one is alone. The two is the Jamhur. So Jamhur can be from the four Imams, the majority of the four Imams. It can also mean the majority of the scholars. Imam Bukhari uh, says it's obligatory. Wa Shokani, wa Sanaani, wa Sheikh Mukbil, wa kathir min ulama, lakin al akhtharun, huma ladini yamiluna ila al mustahab. Those that say it's obligatory, there are numerous too. Bukhari says that, Muslim says that, Tirmidhi, Sanaani, Shokani, Ibn Taymiyyah, there are many, but not as much as those that say it's recommended. At any rate, the point of all this is what? Mahu was shahid. This is paying attention. What's the shahid of all of this? That they differ, and just because. Accent. Just because someone says something, don't stop your research. As we're learning, Ibn Taymiyyah says, Imam Ahmed said this is a consensus. But some scholars differ. Hey, there are hadith. But al-hadith. The scholars they differ over the meaning of the hadith. Mathalan, I'll give an example. Min Ibn Abbas. 
قال ابن عباس رضي الله تعالى عنه أن النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام كان يصلي في, في مينا He said the Prophet of Allah was praying in Mina وما كان أمامه جدارا ولا سيفا He said he didn't have in front of him a wall nor a spear فالجمهور يستدلون بهذا من هذا الحديث بأن النبي من تخذ سطرة Listen to the wording Ibn Abbas says the Prophet prayed in Mina, and they were outside. He didn't have in front of him a wall, nor a sword or a spear. The majority of the scholars, they say, see, he didn't have a sutra. You guys follow me? Bukhari comes and says, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, هَذَا لَا يَشْتَرِيتُ أَنَّ لَيْسَ أَمَامَهُ قَالَ إِبْنَ أَبَاسْ لَيْسَ أَمَامَهُ جِدَارٌ وَلَا صَيْفٌ هَذَا مَعْنَ الْحَدِيثِ Bukhari comes and he says, no, there's another way to look at the hadith. Ibn Abbas said, he didn't have in front of him a sutra nor a wall. He didn't have in front of him a sword nor a wall. This doesn't nullify, he didn't have anything else in front of them, in front of him. So they differ on the meaning. Most scholars say, see, he didn't have a wall, he didn't have a sword, he didn't have anything. That's not the meaning of the hadith. Aisha mentions that the women used to come outside and they were like crows. Some scholars say this shows they had on black. Other scholars say no, doesn't mean that. So the scholars and from time to time differ on the meaning of a hadith. Right? Just because someone says something, still do your research, ya right? You guys with me? Sometimes we blind follow scholars and we don't even realize we're blind following them. Hey, if it's obligatory, it should be a command. There is a command. In Hadith ibn Umar, the Messenger He said the Messenger of Allah used to command that something is placed in front of him. So this is what Bukhari says, Shokani says, Sanaani says, that it's obligatory to take a sutra. Right? We'll get to that when we get to the salah, inshallah. Ta'ala, ya ikhwah. Father, your sheikh. Now, some scholars argue, there's some things that the scholars differ in, ya ikhwah. From them is the ijma', <coughs> also the consensus. Not every scholar sees the ijma' to be a ruling. They differ there. Some scholars say kitab sunnah. That's it. Some scholars say kitab sunnah wal ijma'. And there is a proof for the ijma' though. The Messenger of Allah he says, La tajtamir ummatu ummati ala dalala al hadith. The Messenger of Allah says, My ummah will never be unanimous upon a falsehood. Some scholars use that to be a proof. For the consensus. At any rate, some scholars accept it, some scholars don't accept it. Like the Qiyas. What's the Qiyas? You guys know Qiyas? Analogy. Yep. Analogy. But what is it? Hey, it's taking a measurement from one narration. More than a hypothesis. Hypothesis is just something out the air. That's different. The, the qiyas is not out the air, but you're taking the ruling of one issue 
and applying something that's similar to it to something else. For example, عندما العبد يريد أن يمسح على الخفين أو جوربين عليه بشرط. The sisters they have on the khuf sometimes, and the brothers they wear the khuf sometimes, the leather socks. Some scholars believe you only can wipe over the leather socks. That's the position. The Imam Abu Hanifa's madhab, or you can wipe over the leather socks. And some of the Malikiyun, or you can wipe over the leather socks. Other scholars say no, leather socks, cotton socks, it doesn't matter. طيب. To wipe over the leather socks, two things have to be there. You know the leather socks, ya khwa? The khuf. You have that in Somalia, mashallah. The brothers got away from it years ago. But it used to be thabits in Somalia. Those big a'imma. One of our mashaykh, his shaykh, his shaykh, was a big shaykh in Somalia. The shaykh, our shaykh, his shaykh was shaykh muqbil. His biggest shaykh was a Somalian shaykh. His name was uh, Abdullah ibn Muhammad, a Somali. Rahimahullah ta'ala. He used to say he was like an ayah from the ayat of Allah. He used to say about him, his memory was so, mashallah, that if he's reciting whatever book he's going over, with no book, and you have the book in front of you, he doesn't have the book. Whatever you're learning, he doesn't have it with him. You have the book in front of you. He said his memory was so, mashallah, you're going to make a mistake reading from the text before he makes a mistake reading from his memory. That's how strong his memory was, mashallah ta'ala. At any rate, has one of his biggest mashaykh. Sometimes we forget about the African mashaykh, ya And some people say you're biased because you're African. Of course, you're going to like the African scholars. No problem. We're not biased, ya They may not be as famous. They may not be as princess or prince looking. In the kingdom, everyone is, mashallah, Real clean and real sharp. Kuwait is the same. If you get a spot on your thobe in Kuwait, you have to do what now? I spill something on this thobe. I'm, I'm Kuwaiti. I, I spill something on my thobe. I have to do what now? Throw Not throw it away, but I have to change it. That's, you're never going to see. <laughs> in the masajid in Kuwait, those sisters there, oh, mashallah. She spills something on her, on her jilbab. She has to go change it now. That's their custom. They're like princes and princesses. Mashallah. You get a sweat on your imama. You can't wear that imama no more. No, you guys. You got to go home and to have the imama be imamatin ukhra. That's a custom. Multiple times. They are sharp. They are sharp. <laughs> so in Africa, the scholars may not be like that. They may be dusty looking. Alhamdulillah, they don't care about that. They care about the doom, the hereafter. So they get some, some stuff on their garment. Alhamdulillah. So some of the big mashaykh may not be as, get down, ya akhi, may not be as popular. Alhamdulillah. However, they are holding the Quran. One of the most impressive scholars of our time. You name any sheikh you wish. This sheikh here is more memorized. From Ethiopia, the big sheikh, uh, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Ali ibn Adam, al Ethiopi, Rahimallah ta'ala, one of the most impressive scholars you're ever going to read about. Don't take my word, look up his biography. You'll be amazed. One little old man, Rahimahullah, 
and one life sharha kutubal hadith kitabatan he explained almost every book of hadith out writing it not like we do voice that's easy to read the book and explain no he wrote explanations in one life he explained bukhari 30 something volumes in one life he explained muslim 45 volumes in one life he explained uh, nasai 28 or 29 volumes this one little man holding then he explained Tirmidhi, four volumes. And he explained uh, Ibn Majah, two volumes. I don't know if he explained Abu Dawood. As for myself, I've never heard that he explained the Sunnah of Abu Dawood. Almost. By writing it, Yahuwah. And he's a Sheikh of Arabic. He's a memorizer. He has books. You be amazing, Yahuwah. He's like Norway back in the day to us today, mashallah ta'ala. Muhammad ibn Ali ibn Adam. Impressive, Yahuwah. Maybe one day we'll bring some of his audios and play his audios. You be benefit after benefit after benefit after. You be amazed. You be amazed, Yahuwah. At any rate, so we don't have a biasness, Yahuwah. He's just really impressive. Brother Sheikh, where you been, man? Nashtaq we lake. We miss you. I ain't see you in a couple of days. Alhamdulillah. You have something you want to say? You had your hand up. It'll come back to you, inshallah. So the point is, just because someone says, don't stop there. Some scholars say it's consensus. And then you find some scholars differ. So it's not consensus. And sometimes the scholars mean consensus of the Sahaba, consensus of the Tabi'un, consensus of this time period. So it depends on what do they mean. And Allah Ta'ala alam, and Allah knows best. So let's continue, ya akhwah. قال سعدي رحمه الله سوى سعده كنتينيوس قالوا أما أوراث الحيوانات المأكولة وأبوالها فهي طاهرة next point as for the dung the feces of those animals that you can eat as for the feces the dung of animals that you can eat and their urine, then it is pure. The meat that you can eat, their dung, and their urine is pure. وَمَنِيُ الْآدَمِينَ And the mani, our sheikh, he says, yes, that sheikh was a cold sheikh. May Allah bless you, He was awesome. Rahimahullah ta'ala. Alhamdulillah. There are many scholars that we don't give reverence to, Yekhwan. There's another sheikh in Africa, in Mauritania, still alive today, holding the sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shinqidi. Not the big sheikh, not his, not his father. His father was tremendous also. The sheikh that's alive today. You listen to some of his audios, benefit after benefit after benefit. There's another impressive Shaykh, Yekhwan. I give you a benefit from our sisters. نَنْقُلُ كَثِيرًا عَنْ شَيْخْ مُقْبِلِ رَحِمَ اللَّهِ بِنْتُهُ حَفِيدَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى قَوِيَةٌ جِدًّا We mention many times Shaykh Mukbil in Yemen, one of the big scholars in Yemen. May Allah have mercy upon him. His daughter is hold a memorizer, Yekhwan. Memorize almost every hadith book out. 
There are many ikhwan that we don't really give a lot of benefit to. In America, we stick to the famous mashaykh. This one is famous, this one is famous. Ashuhra la tusawi shaykh. Famousness or fame does not mean anything. Does not mean anything. Let's continue, ikhwan. The dung of the animals that you can eat from and their urine is pure. And the, the mani. The question came back to you? What's your question, ya akhi? May Allah bless you. You got a good question or la bet's question? <coughs> When it's raining, some people go in the rain. Sahih. يُسْتَحَبُّ فِي الْإِنزَالِ الْمَطَرِ أَنْ يَدْعُوا الْعَبْدِ وَأَنْ يَدْخُلَ الْمَطَرِ هذا من فعل الصحابة. When the rain is coming down, I give you a benefit from our little shaykh. He says when it rains, people go in the rain. Tayyip. That's true. When the rain is coming down, many of the companions used to go in the rain and they would make dua. Many of them used to take their belongings and put it in the rain. Somebody may say, that's crazy, that's extremism. You can say whatever you wish. That's not my point. They used to do it. Why did they do that to the rain? What's so special about the rain? Since the rain is blessed, it's recommended to go in that blessing and make dua. I remember my first year in Yemen. Raaitu ahyana fi shari' al madha al abadan min bayna al nawafid wa min bayna al abawab wa yura hakadha wa yad'u rabbana subhanahu wa ta'ala. We used to be walking in Yemen sometimes and you would look and all you see is a whole lot of white arms outside of the, the doors or outside of the windows just making dua. So they would try to implement what the companions used to do. They would go to the windows and they would be in the rain making dua. Because the rain is a blessing, ya akhwan. One of the best times to get your dua answered. While it's raining, increase in dua. Qala bismillahir rahman rahim wa maniyu al adami also and the semen of Bani Adam is pure. I keep telling the brothers to get that old mic, ya khwan. It might be this. Just turn on, maybe we just, we just don't use this one, yeah. Maybe it's dead. Assalamu alaikum. So as Sa'adi takes the position that semen is pure. وَهَذَا صَحِيحٌ And that's the strongest opinion. وَيُوجَدُ مَنْ يُخَالِفُهُ But there are some that differ. Some say that the semen is not pure. وَيَسَدَلُّونَ بِأَنَّ الْعَبْدَ الَّذِي يَخْرُجَ مِنْهُ الْمَنِيءِ عَلَيْهِ أَنْ مَاذَا And they use that when a person is with his wives or the wife is with the husband, that if this fluid comes forth, they have to do something. What do they have to do? They have to make a ghusl. So some scholars say, since they have to make a ghusl, this shows that their fluid is not pure. But that position is not that strong. 
يذهب إليه السعدي وغيره هو الصحيح والله أعلم أن المني طاهر The position of a Sa'di and other scholars before him that say that many is pure, this is the strongest opinion. قال وكان النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام يقصل رطبه ويفرك يابسه He says, and the messenger of Allah used to wash it. In some narrations with his hand, he used to scrape it off with his own hand. One narration, his beloved wife Aisha she was washing the money off of his garment, scraping it with her hand. Scraping it with her hand. قال يدل على ذلك حديث أنس المتفق عليه عندما أمر النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام العربيين الذين سقمت أجسادهم أن يلحقوا بإبل الصدقة. فَيَشْرَبُوا مِنْ أَلْبَانِهَا وَأَبْوَالِهَا We'll say that, yeah, for He says, بسم الله الرحمن بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم مَنِي الْأَدَمِيِّ طَاهِرِ Next point. The semen of Bani Adam is pure. قَالَ الْمَنِيُّ أَبْيَضُ مِنَ الرَّجُلِ أَصْفَرُ مِنَ الْمَرْآةِ Benefit number one. The money of a man is white and the mani of the woman is yellowish in color of the man is abiyaldo men have it and women have it the mani al mani lil rajuli abiyaldo walil marati asfar the mani of the man is white and of the woman is asfar is yellowish in color رائحته كرائحة الطالعي أو العجيني and it has a small hint scent to it يخرج دفقا عند اشتداد الشهوة and it comes out when the person reaches a peak in his desires or her desires ومني الرجلي ثخين ومني المرأة رقيق في العادة The man's money usually it is sticky and thick and the woman's money it is thin usually it's not as thick والذي يدل على طهارته قول عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها as we mentioned this before and the proof that is pure that the scholars use is the statement of our mother Aisha that she says كنت أفرق المنية من ثوب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم والحديث عند الإمام البخاري ومسلم Aisha says about herself I used to scrape the money off the garment of the messenger عليه الصلاة والسلام with my hand what's the shahid? how was the scholars using it? She said, I used to scrape it with my hand. Uh, now, from where? What part of the hadith? Because she used to scrape with her hand. They're saying if it was not pure, she would not use her hand to scrape it. So the fact that she said, كنت أفرقه مني النبي من ثوب رسول الله عليه الصلاة والسلام يدل على طهارته. She didn't, she's using her hand to just scrape it off. So this shows that it's pure.
Somebody may say, if it's pure, then why is she cleaning it? Why is she getting it off the garment? What's the benefit? Huh? Hey, why not? Also from cleanliness, also it's something that's private. Between the husband and the wife, you don't want to, everything doesn't have to go on social media and Facebook and Messenger and the likes. Not everything. Some things can be between the husband and the wife. You don't want to see no traces. You come out to do a class and you have your wife's lipstick on, on your throat. <laughs> you give her the Jumu'ah. Alhamdulillah. And you have her lipstick on, on you. No. <laughs> that's, not, that's not honorable, yeah, You're in front of the people. Someone's going to come, hey, hey, yeah, And they're going to get that off. So some things can be private. Alhamdulillah. The sister's giving a reminder. She's teaching her sister friends. And she has her husband's oil all around her. On her garden. It's visible. And she's, no, write this hadith sister, mashallah. Call the Nabi, alayhi salatu salam. And you can see the husband was all over her. His oil was all over. No, some things can be intimate, can be private. So just because she's wiping it off, there's benefit of that also. Islam is a religion of modesty. You're not going to see a husband and wife, like we say in English, booed up on the street, hugged up. That's your wife. You can do whatever you want with your wife. Yes. She can do whatever she wants with you. Yes. Except those things that Allah Ta'ala made haram. You can hug your wife, you can kiss your wife. No problem. But there's a way and there's a modesty. Our religion is a religion of modesty. Your wife is going to the sister section, you may shake her hand. May Allah accept your salah. You're not going to grab her, hug her real tight. Oh, I love you, baby. Mashallah ta'ala. No, not like that. You're going to have some modesty, some shyness, some... Alhamdulillah. Huh? <laughs> We're losing that nowadays. But we have to get it back here, Juan. <laughs> Someone's going to say, so you can't show affection? No, you can show affection, Ikhwan. But you're not going to go overboard. Not like that. You're going to be modest. You can hug your wife. MashaAllah. You can even give her a kiss on the cheek. Mwah. May Allah bless you. Mwah. You're not going to kiss her some other way. Not like that, Ikhwan. You're going to have some shyness. That's another argument. Imam Norway and the scholars of the past used to say, Kaifa Allah Ta'ala yaj'alu bani adama min shay'in najas. Those scholars, they argue a strong point. They say, how can mankind come from something that's impure? Because mani is the origin of life. So how could it be impure? That will make everything that comes from it impure. We have blood. That would be, you could probably say that, but we don't come from it. You have it in you. So that won't be strong to say that we have it. Also, the hadith, the Messenger of Allah said, someone's phone, the Messenger of Allah said, the believer never gets impure. Not while he's alive, nor while he's deceased. How can you understand this when the woman is on her menses? If the, the, the believer never gets impure, how can the woman be impure when she's on her menses? She's in a state of impurity. Hey, she's not impure. She's in a state of it. ala hamiyati mas'alatin ma. Andama al-mar'atu tahidu. Hal yajuzu laha an taqra al-mushafa? Another issue. I give you a point that you probably never came across. Hey. 
When a woman is on her menses, this happens a lot. When a woman is on her menses, can she read the Quran? Can she read it and can she touch it? The scholars differ. One position is she can't touch it. Another position is she can touch it. What Rajah and the Hadajah is the strongest opinion, Wallah is that she can touch it. And there's nothing to say that she can't. The ones that say she cannot touch it. Yes, the Luna be Kaulahi Ta'ala fi Suratil Waqi'a. Allah Ta'ala says, Laya Masu illa al Mutaharun. Allah says, and none touch it except those who are pure. This is a proof for those that say it's haram for to touch it. لكن بالنظرة الدقة إلى النفس إلى معنى الآية المعنى ليس كما يظنه كثير من الناس When you look at it in more detail The meaning according to the Salaf It's not like many of the people think today Number one إن لا يمسه هذه الها تعود إلى ماذا The pronoun here نانتج إت Goes back to what? The Loh المحفوظ Not the Quran وهذا تفسير من أبي عالية رحمه الله تعالى. and this is the understanding of one of the great imams of the Salaf. his name is Abu Aliya. he says they hear in the statement of Allah ولا يمسه and none touch it. the it is not the Quran. that's number one. والمطاهرون and those who are pure ما هو المقصود? what's the intent of those who are pure? anybody that's pure? الملائكة. so on the surface it looks like it. If I say, you sisters can't touch the Qur'an, she says, why not? I say, Allah says, المطهرون, And none touch it except those who are pure. She's going to say, shukran, that makes sense. Islam is not about making sense. Islam is about proof, ya khwan, and understanding the proofs. The salaf, they said, the it does not go back to the Qur'an here. It goes back to the loh al-mahfuz, those prescribed noble tablets. That are in the hands of the angels. This is the meaning of the ayah. So take that meaning away. You don't have anything to say is haram. So for those scholars that say it's haram upon the woman to touch the mushaf, they're going to give you this ayah in Surah Al-Waqi'ah. You look at the tafsir of the ayah, now they can't use that. There's nothing to say. The Messenger of Allah used to lay on our mother Aisha's lap, on her lap, while she was on her, her what? Her menses. It's the Prophet of Allah. We're not saying the Qur'an is equal to the Prophet. We're not saying the Prophet is equal to the Qur'an. We're not saying that. But if it was, if he can't touch her, or if she's nudges herself, how could the Prophet lay on her lap, for example? There's nothing to say that. And there's one narration the Prophet of a mentioned that the meaning of the, uh, the hadith, when she was asked, somebody asked her, Um Salam or Aisha asked her about touching the Mus'haf, and then he mentioned, is not in the menses is not in your hand. It's not in your hand. You're not impure. You're in a state of being impure. It's like a believer when he commits a sin. He's pure, but he commits that sin. His iman yanzi'u an badanihi wa yakunu fawqahu hatta yanzi'a aw yakhlu'a min adham. Just like the believer when he commits a sin, his iman leaves his body. And it hovers upon him until he stops that sin. So he's pure, 
but he's in a state of being impure. This is what the hadith means. Our sister has the hand up. May Allah bless you. What's the ruling of making wudu while she's on her menses? She can make wudu while she's on her menses, methalan, but she's still going to be in a state of najasa. She can make wudu over and over and over and over. She can make her ghusl over and over and over and over. But she's still going to be in a state of najasa until her menses stops and she becomes pure from the menses and she takes her ghusl. So she can make a wudu. Maybe she's used to making wudu. But it's not going to make her in the state of tahara. Because she's in the state of najasa while her menses is on. So that's what I would say to that. But she can make wudu if she wishes. But it's not going to do anything. Uh. Sahih, the sister asking what about the other hadith? The recommendation about making wudu before you go to sleep. For the sister, while she's on her menses, she's still in a state of impurity. Or a state of being impure. Until her menses is over. If that makes any sense. So the sister at this time, she's in a state of impure. Her herself, she herself is pure. She's a believer. She's pure. But she's in a state of najasa. Until her menses, mada leaves her. Or stops or ceases. And then she purifies herself. She makes a ghusl. And now she's in a state of purification. Little Shaykh, you understand? You understand? Yes. May Allah bless you. What's your question? Uh, is a dragon? Is, is no dragons, no dragons. No dragons. May Allah bless you. Do dragons exist, Ikhwan? Yes. Inshallah. I've never seen the dragon. Allah. Our sheikh said they exist. <laughs> you saw one before? Me neither. Uh. I try to say what I have knowledge of. If I have knowledge, don't have knowledge of it, I'm not going to say it. And you have not been given except a little bit of knowledge. You sister came across any proof that supports dragons? <laughs> We're not saying they don't exist. Maybe they do exist. We're saying, I don't know. I don't have any proof to support that, ya ikhwan. Next point, ya ikhwan. قَالُوا بِنَاءٌ عَلَىٰ عَلَيْهِ فَلَوَيْقْتَصَلَ إِنْسَانٌ بَعْدَ خُرُوجِ الْمَنِيءٍ ثُمَّ لَبِسَ مَلَابِسَهُ الَّتِي أَصَابَهَا الْمَنِيءٍ وَصَلَّى فَصَلَاتُ صَحِيحًا So if someone has some semen on their garments. They wash themselves after the semen comes from their bodies. And then they have a trace of the semen on their garment. And they pray with that garment that has the semen on it. What's the ruling on their prayer? Invalid? Valid? Invalid? It's not in Najasa, so it doesn't do anything. Her washing it once again, Yaquan, she's not washing it because it's impure. No. As we mentioned the lipstick example. 
right? No one's going to let the, sheikh, the teacher get up there and he has some lipstick on him. No, you're going to pull him to the side. Yeah, bismillah. And you're going to wash his garment. Our sheikh was giving a class and she has the oils of her husband on. No, that doesn't mean it's impure. You guys with me? It doesn't mean that. Sometimes we tell the brothers uh, that sometimes pray and they don't have an izar on. We say pray with an izar. We're not saying you can't pray like that. We're not saying that. But it's better. It's better. I'll say to the brothers, any brother, my own father, when he stands to pray, he doesn't wear a thobe. He doesn't wear izar. We say, Abby, may Allah bless you. Cover your aura. He says, no, thank you. Said, no problem. Allahu Akbar. And we pray. But you recommend it was better. Your child stands to pray with you. No one's going to say, hey, Abdullah, you're only six. Go sit down. No one's going to do that. Our sisters, they teach Quran. We was videoing them today, mashallah, in the class. And I want to do more of that, the posts on our page and the likes, the encourage. The children are doing tremendous, mashallah. Those teachers there in the school, may Allah raise them and elevate their status. Alhamdulillah. They're reciting Quran. One of the sisters, the kids were playing, and she's going over Quran, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. That's a blessing, ikhwan. I mention all the time the blessing that I see from your masjid, mashallah. May Allah continue to bless all of you and raise you. And your status. One of the beauties we see at Masjid Salam. And I'm not being biased because I love you guys. This is what I see of you. This is what I see of you. From the beauty of what I see from amongst you. The first beauties that we notice of Masjid Salam is that you find multiple ethnicities. You find multiple races. You find multiple people of different backgrounds and different cultures and different countries coming together to pray together. Sitting in the same classes. This one is African. This one is Arab. This one is African American. This one is Caucasian, the one Caucasian brother, I forget his name. This one is a white man. I've never seen the white woman here yet. Maybe one day we'll see a white woman, inshallah. This one is Pakistani. This one is Afghani. This one is Somali. This one is Nigerian. This one is, mashallah, and this and this. All praying together. All studying together. That's rare. In America, you don't see that. You're going to see the white man has a masjid for the white man. The African has a masjid for the African. The Arab has an Afri a masjid for the Arab. The Pakistani has a masjid for the Pakistani. You don't see the mujtami'oon, mukhtalitoon. You don't see them coming together mixing, ikhwan. Only on the Eid, maybe. Maybe in Ramadan. But you don't see that. That's the first beauty I witness here. The second beauty, ikhwan, is how the brothers and sisters here focus on the children. You don't see the likes of that either in America. That is known that our masjid here, the, the teachers do a tremendous job with the children, mashallah. Many of the youth come to the masjid on their own. Some of the children that drive, we see Massey, one time I was driving, I see Massey pulled up beside me, hey, mashallah, where are you going, yaqi? I'm going to pray. Abby's making you go, no, I'm going to pray. That young sister that comes, mashallah, she drives herself. That's a blessing, yaqwan. Where most of our youth, back home, 
It's the opposite of here. We have to, I have to tie Abdullah up. Well, my Wonder Woman, you know Wonder Woman? The, the Wonder Woman lasso. You're going to pray, Yaqi, and then tie him up. And he only comes because I tied him up. And you brothers and sisters have it where some of their children come on their own. And that's a blessing, Yaqwan. And we pray Allah preserves that. Tafadu, Yaqi. For example, First of all, I can't compel no one to do anything. That's number one. How much more so my father? How much more so my own Abi? However, we recommend him to do what's better. It's better if someone stands up, and we're not talking about no one, yeah, if someone stands up with a shirt and pants, that prayer is accepted, inshallah. It's better for that person to put something on his head. It's better for that person to wrap something around their waist. It's better for that person to put something that resembles a thobe on them. It's better, but it's not obligatory. So the same way my child stands up, and I'm not going to say, hey, sit down, yaqi, you're only seven years old, you don't have to pray. No, we're going to encourage him to pray, because it's recommended. Your little baby girl in the back, she's wearing a kimar. No one's going to say, hey, Hilal, you're only seven. You don't have to wear that kimar. No, you're going to encourage her. You're going to encourage him. So you're doing what's recommended. So I say to anyone, do what's recommended, do what's better. If you can, piss something on your head. If you can, put an izar on. If you can, put a thobe on. The brother says, no, thank you, yaqi, I don't want to put an izar. Alhamdulillah. That's between his Lord. You're encouraging to do. Somebody comes in the masjid. You say, Yaqi, ta'ad, salli rakatain. Pray to raka'a before you sit. He says, I'm not sitting. I'm going to stand. Alhamdulillah. The sister doesn't wear a niqab. You say, it's better to wear a niqab. Especially in America. My own daughter doesn't wear a niqab. I say, Naima, awla laki an tatanaqabi. It's better for you to wear a niqab. She says, Abby, I agree with Shaykh such and such. Alhamdulillah. It's better. So just call into that which is better. That was my intent. Wallah alam. Understand? And may Allah bless you. Any of our sisters have anything to mention? Our brothers, you guys have anything to put forth? Today we stop at the hadith of Aisha. Kuntu afrukul mani. I used to scrape the mani from the thobe of the Messenger. Uh, which one of you can recite it the best? Wow, you did it last week. May Allah bless you. Wa subhanaka lahum wa bihamdika Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta sakhwatu bila Ashadu an la Ashadu an la Ilaha Illa Allah
Good.